Hi, Val from Trippy Food here, and we're talking to Allie again. And uh, today's topic is going to be a Florida road trip that uh, that Allie and I took. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Hopefully, everybody will have a lot of fun with it. So, uh, hey, Allie. Hello. How you doing? Pretty good. How are you? Uh, I'm doing fine. Thank you for asking. Now, you recall our, our road trip in Florida. Indeed, I do. It was very uh, long, but fun. Yeah. Now, do you have any qualms about uh, the fact that most of the pictures of you, uh, you're about to be devoured by giant animals? See, I used to, but now it's just, it's exciting. It means that, that I'm brave. I brave <laughs> the giant animals, and I live to tell the tale. Uh, which giant animals did we see in uh, Florida? Let's see. We saw the giant lobster in the Keys, and uh-huh. then the giant alligator in, is it Christmas? Yeah, uh-huh, Christmas, Florida. I don't know if you saw the articles. I did uh, two articles on the giant alligator. His name is Swampy, and he's part of Gatorland. And then the giant lobster in the Florida Keys. And the I owner... they moved it. Well, what happened was the owner had died, and they put it in storage. And then the, the guy who owned the place across the street bought it and moved it across the street and rebuilt it. So it's back on the on the highway, and if you drive down to the... Florida Keys, you you obviously can't miss it. Glad to have been a big storage unit. Mm-hmm. The thing about uh, Florida, and I don't know if you recall at the time, but uh, but currently in Florida they're having a problem with uh, invasive species. In the Everglades, they're having a problem with snakes, particularly pythons, boa constrictors, because people let them go in the Everglades and. They just have a field day out there. They love the water and the endless food supply. But the other one is uh, iguanas. And currently, it's open season on iguanas. So they're actually telling people, hey, you know, kill them and eat them. We don't care because they're not actually from Florida. And they're kind of taking over everything. But I'm trying to remember if we saw uh, iguanas when we went down on a road trip. Well, I know that when I was living in Fort Myers, they had a problem with monitor lizards. A bunch of people had bought monitor lizards and then let them go, and they were eating uh, all the burrowing owls, which was a big problem. But yeah, I remember when we went to, down to the Keys, we saw a bunch of iguanas. They were like running across the street and stuff. Pretty big ones, too. Yeah. Now, the, the monitor lizards, uh, they grow pretty big? I think so. We had one of our dogs get attacked by one, but I never actually saw one. But I think how, they're, they're decently big. How big a dog? Well, it was miniature dachshund, so... Oh, okay. It All wouldn't right. have had to be that big, but... <laughs> so you just heard the commotion, or you actually saw it getting attacked by the monitor lizard? I was up in Venice, and, oh, okay. um, and they, they um, like, just found her attacked, and they weren't sure what it had been, but from the way she was attacked, they had assumed that that's what it was, because they had problems in the area, and that's, like, how the injuries were, made them think that that's what it was. With the state of Florida saying that uh, that you should go ahead and capture and kill and eat these uh, iguanas, do you think that you, you would ever partake of iguana? I would try iguana, but I wouldn't assume that it would taste very good. You obviously lived in Florida for a considerable amount of time. Now, I know that we had some unusual food that we'll talk about in a second on our, our road trip. But outside of that, in your experience, could you find a lot of unusual food in Florida? Not really. And I don't know if it's just because of living in southwest Florida, people wouldn't really care. So there wasn't much demand for different foods. But it's mostly you get so much seafood because you have like all the the towns, like the beach towns and everything. And then seafood and then regular food. And that's pretty much it. Like there's not really any different sort of things. Now, I think you can get, or no, I don't think you can get, I know you can get more unusual cuisine in the Miami area because Miami is kind of a hub for Central and South America. So you can find uh, Cuban cuisine and Costa Rican cuisine and South American cuisine. So you, you can find a lot of unusual to Americans foods in the Miami area. 
I think on, on our road trip, we just passed by Miami. We didn't even actually go into it. Yeah. I think uh, also you could probably find some decent stuff if you really looked hard in Orlando, just because they know so many people go there that they probably have some all right stuff hidden. But I would think Miami would probably be better, have more like authentic stuff. Well, that's true to a certain extent. I, I also think that Orlando caters to American tourists. And so there, there is more likely to be chain restaurant, a lot of chain restaurants. I'm sure you'll, you'll have like a rainforest cafe and a hard rock cafe and a planet Hollywood. Yeah. Tony Roma's or cheesecake factory places, you know, places along those lines. What about alligator in the areas where you've, you know, in the area where you lived and, uh, and in some of the areas where you've traveled uh, through Florida, did you find that, uh, that a lot of the restaurants, you know, certainly not chain restaurants, but a lot of the restaurants carried alligator on the menu? I actually don't ever recall seeing it maybe once or twice but i I remember seeing it more when i lived in austin than when i lived in florida which is kind of funny you mean at different restaurants in uh, austin yeah like alligator grill okay uh, in austin there's that place and then there's on lamar yeah and then um they have the the cajun festival which is they had it there too and from all the restaurants that i've been to i've lived in a bunch of different places in florida and i don't recall seeing alligator very often at all on menus so maybe i was either in the wrong places or i didn't see it. But you like alligator. Oh, yeah, I love alligator. Well, what do you remember eating on our uh, on a road trip? I remember eating the conch chowder, which was yours. Well, how did you like that? It was delicious. And I, I asked that because obviously you ate it and I didn't get a chance to eat it. But how, <laughs> how, would, you, uh, how would you describe that? Like for somebody who um, maybe has never tried it before and might be afraid of it and, or doesn't know what a conch is, can you kind of explain it a little bit and then kind of describe the, uh, you know, the taste and the texture? And It's like clam chowder. But it's more like a soup, if that makes any sense. It's so it, it's a lighter broth as, as opposed to being creamy like a, a like a clam chowder. Yeah, and it's not so thick, I guess. I think I remember being it being like a clam taste because I really like clams and like clams in, in sauce and everything. And I think I remember it being like that and having sort of the consistency of that, which I like. But but the broth was clearer. Yeah. So it was more like a soup. Yeah, more like called, a soup than a chowder. Even though they called it clam chowder. I had the oysters. They were pretty good. I think you were supposed to eat those. I was, mm-hmm. and I uh, I ate yours instead. That was Key West, I believe, where we had those. So I'm pretty sure that I've tried oysters since and liked them. I don't think it was the first time you were, you would have had oysters. I think you'd had them before. Was I sick or something that day? I don't even remember why I didn't want them. You were more intrigued with the conch chowder, I think, and so you wanted to eat the, the conch chowder instead. So I stole your food. Yeah, well, I had conch before, so, you know, I'm, I'm glad you had the opportunity to try it. So for somebody who somebody who maybe is thinking about taking a road trip, and especially one across Florida, because our road trip lasted, what, it was about six hours, six-hour drive? And we went from the Cocoa Beach area down all the way to Key West, which is at the very, very end of the Florida Keys. So kind of go through the things that you would advise people to stop and see on the way, the things that we saw that you would advise people to uh, to stop and see. Well, we stopped at that one surf shop, that giant one. That, uh, but, Ron John's? Yeah, it was kind of touristy, though. I don't know if I'd really advise anyone, unless you're, like, really interested in surfing or water sports. But Coral Castle's awesome. I would definitely recommend that. So uh, so Coral Castle kind of impressed you. Tell us a little bit about Coral Castle. One, it was really awesome because in Florida, I'm so used to seeing those painfully pinkish-orange touristy-looking buildings. But... um. The, the guy that built it, Edward Leedskalman, he, he came over from Latvia and had tuberculosis, randomly was cured, and then spent 28 years starting in the mid-1920s or so, actually building the entire thing, and then he ended up 
living there too. There's a tower there that's part of the structures that he uses his living quarters. So in other words, he was nuts. Basically, but I think. <laughs> <laughs> and another well, thing is actually that um, while it's called Coral Castle, the stone that it's made of is actually light, which is it's like a a limestone. So a sedimentary stone. Yeah. Well, maybe he thought it was it was coral or something, but uh, and apparently the people who paid how much? What did he, he charge? Uh, it was like ten, 10 cents. Okay. 10 cents. When did he build this? It was back in. Uh, it was in the 1920s, you know, yeah. the early 1920s, and then it took him it and, took him 28 years to build it. And he was charging tw- tw- uh, 10 cents back then. So obviously, people who came to see it didn't question that it was made out of coral. They just, pretty, you know, pretty much. Um, well, he actually he's moved it since then because he originally built it in Florida City and then decided to actually relocate all of it to Homestead. That must be fun, uh, moving like multiple-ton uh, uh, blocks of coral. Now, what I remember about it, and I guess you can agree or disagree with me, but it's, it was pretty creepy because um, we went at night. Basically, the furniture was made out of these stones, so it was this big open area with no roof, and then he had chairs and tables and even a bed all made of this uh, stone. I remember the table was shaped like Florida, or one of them. Mm-hmm. And then they had that royal throne that you sat on. Did you kind of look at it and think, this looks like Fred Flintstone's house? Kind of. It's interesting. Like, it's it's very well built. It's just kind of bizarre. All right, if you really thought of that, okay, 28 years of coral building. That's not coral. Yeah, it is pretty fascinating, though, isn't it? So he's a, a fun place to stop, you know, on the on this uh, long road trip. There's a little places to eat and stuff around there. Now, and I'm trying place. to remember, that was off Highway 1, U.S. Highway 1, I think it was. And, and we stopped on the way back from the Keys, right? Yeah, the way back up. So other places to see on the way down would be obviously the the giant lobster in Isla Morada. Uh, it's debatable on whether it's the world's largest lobster because they have a lobster in uh, Nova Scotia that they say is also the world's largest lobster, and I think it's the exact same size, but it's a main what they call a main lobster, and this is a the lobsters <laughs> without claws. So you know, I don't you know. Have, you should have like lobster warfare. Yeah, exactly. Have them fight. Have them fight <laughs> it out. Whichever one, uh, whichever one wins, gets to be the world's largest lobster. <laughs> like like two big tanks. There's always also the um, pylon that's the southernmost point of the United States that everyone always likes to take pictures of. And that's where? In uh, Key West. It's mostly a photo opportunity, really. I mean, Basically. Because you can't do anything there. You just stand there at this pylon that marks the southernmost point in the United States, correct? You, you can touch it. You can <laughs> poke it and be like, oh, I just touched the southernmost point of the United States. Oh. I think I have a picture of both you and I standing at and I'll have to put that up. But I think uh, somebody said... It's not the southernmost point in the United States. The area behind the sign is the southernmost point in the United States. And I said, well, if that's the case, then I climbed over the wall and stood at the water's edge behind that sign. So I was, regardless, I was at the southernmost point in the United States. You beat the system. Would you say that, I mean, because this is Key West, so Key West is kind of a funky place, wouldn't you say? Yeah. There's also chickens running around everywhere. Now, the story I heard was that there was a hurricane at some one of the hurricanes or something and it just like tore through a farm where the all the chickens got out and eventually they just ran around wild on the island. Nobody knew whose chicken was what. And so uh, so the island's just full of these wild chickens. I just picture like all these shacks that have been broken apart and these chickens just like so confused running around like Well, it's it's funny because you don't really hear that. I mean, it's not like people say, uh, "Oh, uh, you'll have to go to Key West because they have these all these chickens running around." You don't really hear that. And it's just that when you get there, you just happen to notice that there's chickens running around everywhere. Basically, it just confused me to no end because we're walking around the street 
just like any other street, except there's chickens everywhere. And, and we're talking about like on the main street, right? It's not like it's on some dirt road that goes no, up. No, like, like a regular street. No one really paid much attention to them. They're just like, oh, well, they're already here and they're used to that. So everyone just kind of coexists chickens and humankind alike and they have that foresty store that has a bunch of chicken stuff in there and uh they have like bumper stickers and magnets and t-shirts and all that all about chickens yep what do they call it the chicken store isn't that surprising yeah so it's not just a clever name and oh wait wait wait! i'm trying to remember didn't they even have chickens inside the chicken store yes the irony i'll have to go back and see if i can find the uh, p- uh pictures of that because I, I i think from from what i recall there were chickens walking around inside the chicken store we went to the post office when we went to Christmas. What is the big deal of uh, going to the Christmas Florida post office? Well, they have all these postcards you can get that are... Christmassy, I guess. Christmassy, yeah. I'm trying to think of a better word that I can't say. Because they play off the whole Christmas thing. But it, but essentially, it's a, it's a post office. It is a post office. So I, I imagine that they're really popular around Christmas time, where people want to have the Christmas cards postmarked and stamped with the Christmas the Florida... Christmas. Uh, yeah. Probably the only day that they're busy. <laughs> it's kind of like Hell, Michigan, you know? You just want to you want to send somebody a postcard and have it stamped from Hell. So you, stamp, <laughs> you, you send them the postcard from Hell. And the post office is not too far from Swampy the Gator, right? No, they are, I think they're, like, right across the street from each other. They're very close, at least. Yeah, and Swampy, uh, again, there there's a post... I did a posting on it, but Swampy is indisputably the largest alligator in the world. And it's funny, I have to I have to clarify because when I tell people the largest buffalo or the largest uh, lobster or the largest... <laughs> you have to uh, make sure they know it's fake. Yeah, exactly. Because I think people think <laughs> like, you know, you tell them, yeah, well, I saw this uh, I saw this cow up in North Dakota. It's the world's largest, 35... Oh, my God, a 35-foot cow? I'm like, yeah, it's fiberglass. <laughs> I don't know what Swampy's made out of. Plaster, maybe? Almost like, like plastery wood. Pretty uh, flimsy. Like, he was there, but he's... Because he had the the ticket window for uh, Gatorland was in his mouth. Uh, deer Key is famous because there is a species, of, a tiny species of deer that lives on there and lives nowhere else, and they're protected. Yeah, very protective since we didn't see them. Uh, I guess if they were protective, they would have attacked us. They are prote- they are protected species, and rather than seeing uh, the one of these uh, tiny, I think they call them key deer. Yeah, they're like they're like mini pygmy uh, deer. Instead of seeing the key deer, which they said was, you know, there's a good chance that you could you could see the the key deer, and you should be very careful when you're driving so that you don't hit one of these protected key deer. Uh, we had to be more careful that we didn't hit the three foot iguana that was running across the road. I remember the one huge one. What iguana? What? It's not something you expect to somebody to yell out while you're while you're driving down the road. Didn't we eat it? Eat at a Crystal Burger? I vaguely remember stopping at Crystal Burger as well. Uh, yeah, that would have been on the way back because I think the only one in the South Florida area is uh, is in Fort Lauderdale. But uh, why don't you talk about a little bit about what what it is? Because I don't I think uh, in some a lot of uh, parts of the country they don't actually have Crystal Burger. They're really good. Like it's not if you were really hungry, I wouldn't suggest going unless you were going to get like five because they're teensy little itty bitty burgers. I think it's very similar. To, uh, to White Castle, except I think, I don't remember if Crystal uh, Burger has the square burgers and, and White Castle has the round ones. Uh, but it, I guess typically if you go into a place that has sliders, what people call sliders, that's essentially what it is. is it's just this very, very small hamburger. And so people go and they buy bags of burgers. It's such a hilarious notion. They're like snack burgers. And, and it's pretty old, I think. Uh, they've been around since the 1930s. Yeah, but that would be like gimmicky, getting a mini, like a tiny burger and a shake. But the thing is, is that if anybody's uh, familiar with White Castle, White Castle is 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 actually the oldest hamburger chain in the United States. So 
you know, most people think McDonald's or Burger King or anything. No, the the, the oldest uh, burger chain in the United States is White Castle. Funny how the conversation always turns to burgers, but there you are. So thank you, Ali, for talking with us today. Had a lot of fun, and we look forward to more uh, podcasts in the future. If you have any ideas for podcasts you'd like to hear, please drop us a note at val at trippyfood.com.